0: From WISP Politics in Madison. You're listening to Capital Chats. Hello, everybody. I'm Kate Morton, a reporter with WISPolitics.com, here today with an episode of WISP Politics Capital Chats brought to you by Spectrum. Today, I'm with my colleague, Adam Kelnhofer, who recently interviewed U.S. Representative Gwen Moore, a Democrat from Milwaukee. So, Adam, what did you guys talk about? Hi, Kate. Yeah, so I got to interview the Milwaukee Democrat, Gwen Moore about some priorities for Black History Month. We kind of talked in general about what uh, black Milwaukeeans need most and how the government can accomplish those issues. But I also wanted to make sure I touched on some of the major issues Moore deals with in her day-to-day life as a congresswoman since she has represented Wisconsin's majority black district since 2004. Thank you so much, Congresswoman Gwen Moore, for joining me on today's podcast. I really appreciate uh, having you on the show today.
1: Hey, listen, I'm excited to talk about Black History Month, and I'm excited to talk about Milwaukee.
0: Yes, that is uh, why we have you on the show today. It is Black History Month, and I thought it would be you know, pretty important to have Wisconsin's only Black congressional member on the show. So um, I just want to kick it off here. What's the uh, what's the most pertinent need of black Wisconsinites right now? And how do we accomplish that?
1: Well, you know, it's really interesting. Uh, I remember when, uh, you know, not too long ago, when Jeffrey Dahmer, the serial killer, was uncovered. uh, How many black people or people in this country didn't realize that black people lived in Milwaukee, Wisconsin? And so our plight as Black people is sort of obscure, uh, as compared to other places where African-Americans have settled in those cities for longer periods of time. You know, African-Americans migrated to Milwaukee and places where I was born in Racine, 27 miles south of here. You know, uh, after World War II, and certainly uh, after the biggest, largest migration to places like Chicago and Detroit, Um, you know, following the industrial boom. By the time African-Americans arrived in Milwaukee, places like that, uh, there were already really established uh, other ethnic groups uh, who had come to Milwaukee to cash in on the industrialization of Milwaukee. As a matter of fact, I was thinking the other day, I mean, I was, you, you know, I wasn't in some sort of, Language immersion school. I mean, everybody learned German. I was in in, in third grade learning German, you know, <laughs> as part of the regular curriculum, uh, because there were so many people uh, in Milwaukee that spoke uh, spoke German. It was like you needed to know this. Um, and so, I think that the competition, um, you know, for jobs and 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 stuff, really started really early on. As a matter of fact, the uh, the last socialist mayor of Milwaukee, Frank Zeidler, cautioned about what he saw as deliberate segregation. Um, and we're living with that today. Uh, you know, if an African American wants a job, they can't just get on the city, the transit line, and go to their job. Um, and so that sort of excludes them from a lot of opportunities. All right. Um, so so-, so, so we, we, we absolutely. So you ask, what we do we need? I guess I should answer the question. We really need to come out of obscurity in terms of our need. You know, we you know, my dad was one of the migrants that came in the, you know, the 50s to take advantage of the industrialization of Wisconsin. And he had a third grade education. It was functionally illiterate. And, 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 you know, and when I think about just here in Milwaukee, for example, that there were 70,000 jobs lost in just a 30-year period of time that had workers like my dad making middle-class wages. So we need educational opportunity um, in the brand-new economy that Milwaukee is creating. Um, we need health care because of, obviously... So many of these industrial jobs were connected, had health care connected with it. I was born, my dad had insurance uh, when I was born. There was no Medicaid. My, you know, was paid through my father's health insurance with J.I.K.'s. Um, uh, we need housing. I mean, surely 48 percent of Wisconsinites and probably a disproportionate number of black people are not only Rent burdened, meaning that they pay more than 30% of their income for housing, really ridiculous amounts, 50%, 75% of their income for housing and face high risks of homelessness because of it. But when even when they pay their rent, they're living in substandard housing, housing that is filled with lead paint, uh, you know, 65 70% of these houses were built uh, before 1960 and even more. Uh, 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 were were built like the house I live in, built in 1920. So there are all kinds of problems with lead uh, and, and other infrastructure problems, which no landlord can afford and nobody can afford. Um, uh, and and the loss of that manufacturing base, um, African Americans have been put at a real hard, it, it created a real hardship, and a fourth of our kids. Uh, go to bed hungry every night. Uh, in the city of Milwaukee, it's uh, I'm choking up to even hear myself saying this. Yeah, no, that is.
0: Uh, those are those are some major problems. Um, so you you brought up segregation in Milwaukee. Uh, Milwaukee's been uh, quoted as the the most segregated city in the United States for a long time. Do you think we're seeing any progress on improving that segregation issue in Milwaukee?
1: Well, I'll tell you. You know, um, you know, uh, really, old habits die hard. I mean, we still are, uh, we, we still are suffering from the the effects of redlining and the confidence that it does and does not bring to certain neighborhoods. Housing prices, uh, home ownership among Black people is lower than it's ever been right now. You know, and when we move to a different neighborhood uh we have to pay premium prices uh and then people complain that when black people move in, their housing values uh decrease you know and you know i I think that uh you know for a very short period of time, there was a thriving black middle class in Milwaukee, and I do think that when our incomes uh are commensurate or, or are on par with others in this region, um, we, we can not only bring housing assets back, but when they begin to appreciate to stay in our community, because the other dilemma is, is the extent to which housing is rehabilitated, then it's gentrified um, so that we can't afford it because our are our, our the mismatch with our incomes. So it is definitely uh, something that should be the within the scope of public policy to try to make interventions, uh, to make property uh, affordable, uh, and, and so that communities don't have to really change their characteristics in order to be valuable.
0: All right, got it. So um, you've served in, you've represented Milwaukee for, quite a few terms now. Um you are on the Ways and Means Committee. You've uh you've championed a lot of issues for the black community, a lot of uh resolutions to those issues. How uh how much longer are you planning to continue to represent Milwaukee and, and who do you think might be next or are you even thinking of that right now?
1: Well, you know, the thing is I'm the first African American and I you know, I never wanted to just have this job so I could be the first and I certainly don't want to be the last um, because this is a continuum. You know, I think Coretta Scott King said it best at one point. You know, every single generation has to fight the same fights. I mean, I'm not discouraged because we haven't gotten everything done. I know that there's somebody that's gonna come behind me to pick up the pieces, but in the meantime, You know, I brought the Select Committee on Economic Despair and Opportunity and Growth to Milwaukee because I do want to continue uh, to do things like enhancing the low-income housing tax credits. Um, I haven't given up on influencing the state legislature so that they can change the, um, uh, 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 the clause in the state constitution that doesn't allow us to provide differentials in property taxes uh you know to save communities um um i haven't given up on um and, and to the extent we've got these new monies that i helped craft in the ways and means committee for infrastructure uh, improvements i am so glad that a lot of those monies are going to be leveled toward uh, changing out lead pipes and lead paint i think that you know this decreases the cost of housing uh, for people who are trying to purchase it, to rent it and make it affordable, as well as for people to purchase it and to stay in their own homes. So um, whoever is coming, they got to care about what's important in Milwaukee. Is
0: uh, is Supreme more on that uh, on that short list at
1: all? Or you know, this is not his interview. You'd have to ask him.
0: <laughs> that's,
1: fair, know, that's fair. You know, I mean, and I think that's a really fair question because you know, uh, I I don't think he joined politics just because I was in it. As a matter of fact, I even think he sort of resisted it. You know, the idea he's not going to do what his old lady did, but I but I think that he. He found himself in those spaces. He was a community organizer. He cared about the bottom line, you know. He, uh, you know, he is one of the few people, and I've mentored a lot of people—black, white, gay, straight, Native American, Hispanic, uh, you know, male, female, um, you know, LGBTQ. Uh, and he is one of the few people, and he's not the only one, but he's one of the few people that it really cares about this mission and is not in it um, just for uh, his own ego gratification. So I don't know. He, he didn't get into it because of me, and he's really uh, happy being part of the loyal opposition up there in Madison, and we'll see
0: all right yeah no that'll be it'll be interesting to see uh what his future in politics is and yours for sure um, absolutely yeah so uh i want to i want to touch on that ways and means committee um committee membership again so the raising the debt ceiling has been you know a contentious issue for as long as i can remember uh we're gonna have we're having that fight right now essentially Um, How bad is that fight to raise the debt ceiling going to get, do you think?
1: Well, hopefully uh, it won't become as bad as it got in 2011, when we are actually downgraded. Our credit rating was downgraded for the first time in the history of the United States of America, since Alexander Hamilton became the first treasury secretary. And I mean, you know, just being a human being, You know, when your credit gets downrated, graded, it means that everything you purchase costs more um, and and you have less access to capital. Uh, And our treasury bills are class A everywhere in the world. Uh, And just the threat in 2011 of of defaulting uh, brought our credit rating down. You know, I think that Republicans, notably, I mean, we have raised, Democrats have raised the debt ceiling, um, and it was nothing but a yawn, all the years that we've ever had a Republican president. It's Republicans that want to use it as a weapon to try to force us to reduce spending. Now, you ask them, okay, where do you want to make those cuts? You, you, You want to make them in Social Security and Medicare? They deny, even though their members say often as recently as yesterday or day before that they wanna do it, they say no. You ask them, do they wanna cut uh, defense spending? Absolutely not. Well, there's there's really nothing else left after that. I mean, you're gonna be cutting into bone and sinew and muscle um, at some point. Um, their uh, tax cut in 2017 I mean, it was it was a giveaway to billionaires. Um, It it really was. And, you know, whatever claims that they made about helping the middle class were minute, uh, uh, minuscule in comparison to the giveaways they gave to corporate America. uh, And and so uh, are they ready to resend? Uh, Are they ready to do more to capture more income at the top? They haven't told us. They don't want to raise revenue. They want to cut. What is it that they want to cut? WIC? Food stamps? Um, They changed the name of the subcommittee on which I uh, uh, am a member. The uh, Work and Family Support Subcommittee, which um, has under it foster care and uh, uh, visiting, uh, home visiting for new moms. uh, But it does have TANF under it. Uh, and they've changed that subcommittee title from work and family support to, to, to work to welfare to work and welfare and so that gives me a lot of insight into their governing strategy you know is to just task uh, dispersions on any any sort of of uh, program that's designed to help families so they can justify cutting it
0: All right. So uh, I have time for one more question here, if you don't mind. Um, All right. So if it, it, it is still Black History Month, it's going to be for the rest of February. If you had to give one message to members of the Wisconsin state legislature, what would it be on Black History Month?
1: Well, I can tell you that the first African-Americans came to Wisconsin in like the 1700s. I mean, I think we, we've even seen where an African-American signed the charter for the city of Milwaukee. We belong here. We're part of the history of this state, you know, along with our brothers and sisters, Native Americans, and the early immigrants. And we shouldn't take a back seat to anybody. We deserve health care. Get off here, right? We deserve an educational opportunity and an effort to overcome the deindustrialization and move to be retrained and educated and skilled because we came here to work. We migrated from the South to work. We didn't come here for a handout. We want to be educated, we want health care, uh, and we want decent housing to live in just like everybody else. And we're willing to work for it. And we belong here. We are part of Black history in Wisconsin. All
0: right. Thank you very much. Uh, Again, I really, really appreciate you coming on the show. Um, And it was a pleasure to have you.
1: Carpe diem! (laughs)
0: Thank you very much, Gwen. Um, Yeah. So this is going to go up on Wednesday at about two o'clock and I can send your staff a link to the podcast if you want. Thank you. You're very welcome. Thank you again. And uh, I hope you have a good weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. 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 Well, Adam, thanks for sharing that interview with us. We'll have to keep an eye on how those debt ceiling negotiations go moving forward. Yeah, and it'll definitely be also interesting to watch who ends up taking the torch from Representative Moore when she does decide she's had enough. But for now, I'm Adam Kellenhofer. I'm Kate Morton. Thanks for tuning in to Politics Capital Chats, brought to you by Spectrum.